There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free cnn underscore's guide to sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever all right let's face it most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point and there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights that's why the cnn underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep hey this is john ridley and this is matt carey documentary editor at deadline and welcome to talk talk john we've got a hard-hitting episode today a lot of controversy well maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for best documentary feature we're going to get into that with some amazing panelists you get a shot but the individuals behind every one of those images they're complicated and they are human this has been doc talk thank you great conversation Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by the new Justice League. Instead, it's brought to you by us or you or music. Because uh, we're doing this thing. I don't know if you know this or not, but we're having a contest to create a new intro song for us because we have heard your feedback and are trying to act on it because we want you to be happy. So if you are so inclined, check out the Facebook post. There's all the information you could possibly need on there or, you know, send us an email and ask us. Uh, submissions are due July 31st, 2017. Don't miss it. Be there, be square. Thanks, guys. Thinking sideways. I don't get it. Uproot the aliens. You must unlearn what you have learned. I don't know. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways. I'm Joe, your host, joined as always by Steve and Devin. And we're, of course, going to talk about another mystery this week. Uh, We're going to talk about the mysterious disappearance of a guy named Dave Box, uh, who was last seen working the graveyard shift on June 19th, 1984 at the Fernald Feed Materials Production Center in Ohio. Uh, A lot of people have been wondering what exactly became of Dave and why. I got to tell you, man, I'm a little, I'm a little upset. Yeah, we were wanting to do this one for years. Oh yeah, but I never called dibs on it, so yeah. it's my own fault because I right. love this story. I also, you didn't ever do it. 
I, that's exactly it. I never it. called dibs, and I never did it, so it's my own fault. It is. So I'm, but I'm excited that we're getting to do this, because this is a fun one. Well, obviously, you've been thinking fun. about it, too, so you come up with some good theories. Oh, yeah. I I've hope, been thinking so. about this for years. Okay, And well, the good, good news for our listeners is that I get to pre- pretend like I've never heard of it before oh. and ask all the questions you're asking them, so it's perfect. There perfect. we go. Exactly. So thank you both for, uh, for your enthusiasm. You're so welcome. Glad you like this one. Uh, and also, I want to thank Caitlin and JW, our listeners who suggested this one, and uh, anybody else who did and somehow got left off our list of people to thank. Sorry about that. But first of all, I want to say this story is not about Dave Box. It's about Dave Box. It's not about <laughs> Dave Box, B-O-X. It's the Dave Box is spelled B-O-C-K-S. It's a good distinction to it make. Is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hadn't thought. I kept, I always had it as, I put an R in it. I always had, for some reason, Brox. I kept saying Brox. I did Brox? too, yeah, yeah. No, it's Box. Just Box, but not B-O-X. Because obviously, if somebody was named Dave Box, he would have changed his name to Cardboard. <laughs> you know? So there, is, there cannot, Probably, by definition, yeah. be a Dave Box, right? Yeah. Okay, so our Dave, Dave Box, was a 39-year-old uh, who worked as a pipe fitter. He was hired at the Fernald Feed plant in 1981, and he was considered to be a pretty solid employee and a regular fellow. Dave had been married. He had three kids. He had gotten, unfortunately, divorced several years prior to the time that he, quote-unquote, went away. Mm. And uh, some people, of course, believe he died on the job. In fact, a lot, of, pretty much everybody does. Uh, that he died there at the majority of people plant. think yeah. so. Yeah, but yeah. some very important people do not. So uh, yeah, apparently, yeah. yeah. And of course, uh, there's a, a certain conspiracy theory. Should I talk about that? No. No. Why okay. wouldn't you save that for the theories? Okay, I'll save that then. Okay. Let's, okay. It's like we haven't been doing this for years. I or know, something. right? All right, <laughs> fine. Okay, we'll hold so, off. So, but on can that. you talk more about the the feed? production Yeah, the Fernald cause... Feed Production Center, uh, as the name implies, it produced la- feed for large animals like cattle and pigs. Um, <laughs> except, in this case, the cattle and pigs were actually nuclear reactors. And, and so, yeah. the name was actually technically true, but a little bit deceptive. Yeah, so, well, it was because they were feeding the materials into the reactors. Yeah. I, I believe that's why they called it a the, the name had feed in it. Yeah, exactly. But uh, it was in, agri- in an agricultural area. And uh, and so a lot of people kind of assumed, and it was actually built and owned by the government, the U.S. government. And But they just didn't bother to tell people that actually it was, it was shaping uranium into like... Mm, you know, like uranium rods for reactors and that kind of thing. Rods, you know, fuel rods. billets. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was three or four uh, specific... Slugs th- and there, stuff like that. Yeah, slugs know, was yeah. the one I couldn't think of. Yeah, all these things they were using to actually fuel the reactors. Uh-huh. Right, so they yeah. were. it was technically feed. It was feed for something, yeah. Something. Something was, yeah, nuclear reactors need food it. too, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the truth finally started to come out in 1983 when the locals finally found out that this innocent-looking plant was actually producing uranium. Which is, of course, perfectly innocent, too. Well, Don't get me uh, wrong. Well, hold on, Joe, though. So they, everybody knew that they were producing uranium. The idea was that they were doing it for reactors, for energy. What uh-huh. the big secret was is that they were also making weapons-grade nuclear material, which... You know, I'm not sure that they were doing that. I think that um, I... They took special orders. I think it's what... Okay, so there were... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I think there were technically 12 plants, so they only named one through nine as plants. Uh But there was at least two of them that were doing custom work Uh in terms of shaping and and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. And what I understood, it it might actually be some of those those custom shops or custom buildings Mm -hmm. that were doing some of the shaping for the weapons material. Uh, Mm. Possible. It might be true. I I had thought that they were just taking basically high-grade 
uranium, chafing it into rods to, to put into reactors so the reactors could convert it to weapons-grade fuel. But eh, maybe they were doing all of those things. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it it's, sounds it's, like that was a big complex, and they were doing all sorts of interesting very stuff. Very hidden. Yeah. 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 Clandestine stuff. Kind of clandestine, a little bit. Yeah, obviously the employees were expected to not talk a lot about what they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the plant was there since 1951. I, 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 it at least was construction began in 51. I don't know. If, I think it started operating in 53. 53 sounds right, yeah. Operated till 1989. It's gone. That's uh, suspiciously convenient. I know. For the, yeah, it is. I know. Uh, but they uh, taken it away and made it you know, a wildlife reserve or something, and there's like animals or birds or something. Or right a now. super fun site. Or yeah, well, it was a super fun site. Yeah, but it's, it's where it's where they raise all of our all X-Men of our now. Yeah, <laughs> all of our all of our three-eyed gazelles yeah. and, and our our five-footed toes. Blinky yeah. from the Simpsons is probably from there. Yeah, yeah. probably. Uh, it's near. It's called named after the tiny town of Fernald, which it, I can't really seem to find on the Google aerials. But that's about 15 miles northwest of Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, mm-hmm. the nasty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it was also known to the locals as NLO, which stands for National Lead of Ohio, which ran the plant for the owners. Of course, as I said, the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was. They sort of ran it on a day-to-day basis, but still, the government made the, the ultimate decisions as to what happened at the plant. There's owners, yeah. and then there's the contractor who runs it. Yeah, it's exactly. Pretty, pretty yeah. standard, especially yeah. for the U.S. government. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, the plant was under the control of the Atomic Energy Commission until 1979, when the Department of Energy took it over. There were some environmental and safety issues with it, and those had actually been ongoing for a long time. Uh, I mean, since like the 50s, uh, National Ed was reporting problems to the AEC about, you know, the Atomic Energy leakage. Commission. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In uh, you know, dust, like they had these weird bag cloth dust filters, because there was a lot of uranium dust from processing all this uranium, so that that would get filtrated and, and deposited into these bags, kind of like vacuum cleaner bags almost. And well, those things had a tendency to break and spew dust everywhere and things like <laughs> this. There were all kinds of issues like this that were ongoing. Uh, you know, I, yeah. can I can I take yeah. us aside for a second? I was thinking about this today, and if you, Devin, you may not remember this, but kind of in the seventies, in the eighties, there yeah, was no. this this mode of, well, this is the way it is, and we'll just do this stuff, and it's okay, you know technology isn't really advancing because by and large the general public didn't see technology making huge leaps and bounds like we do today mm-hmm. could you imagine what the world would be like if we had all got stuck in say 1982 and for some reason our technology just didn't advance what a freaking mess things would be in terms of all of the stuff that was, oh, it's okay. You can pour it into the river. You can bury it into the ground. Yeah. Not it not good. doesn't matter. Yeah, I, well, we weren't quite there. And by, by 1982, we were cleaning things up, actually. Well, but, but still, not everywhere. But my point is, like, what, what it would have been if we just stopped doing and just kept on status quo through like the a, 90s? Sounds like something to write to the Star Trek people about. Yeah, have them do an episode on that. Yeah, I think they might have. Yeah. It's Planet yeah. of the Tribbles. Yeah, Captain's Log, start date in 1972. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, but enough about those environmental issues, which they had. But we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little okay. while. Um, but they did have those. But we don't know whether or not they had much to do with Dave Box or not. That really wasn't his job. He was, like I said, a pipe fitter. 
and his job was to like you know inspect and repair various equipment you know, equipment pipes whatever yeah like yeah. the pipes that were feeding the vacuum tubes yeah yeah he was part of the guy. maintenance crew yeah, yeah. he okay. worked the midnight shift he was or the the swing yeah, he was, no, he was graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. Graveyard, So you. midnight to like 7 a.m. or 7 Right, so his job was like straight that. up maintenance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. The plant was shut down, and he he and his, his crew would go out and just maintain things. Dave was last seen uh, at the Fernald plant about 5 a.m. on the morning of June 19, 1984. He was pronounced legally dead about two years later. Uh, and so let's start on the night of Dave's disappearance. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, uh, carpooled to work with a guy named Harry Easterling. Which he uh, usually carpooled with, right? Yeah, yeah. He's a regular guy. And, and actually, Harry, if you want to see what Harry looked like, he has a beard, genial-looking fellow. He was he appeared on um, Unsolved Mysteries on an episode about this. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he and Harry usually met at this restaurant uh, parking lot, and one of them would leave their car, and they'd go in one car. Uh, on that night, Harry picked up Dave about 11 p.m., Harry reported no unusual behavior from Dave that night, uh, except that he had bought a new lunchbox. So Very woo-hoo. suspicious. Yeah, that's suspicious. That's itself. exciting. Yeah, and that's about He said something about maybe he was talking about maybe taking his kids on vacation the next summer or something, or later in the summer. Harry Easterling said that he and Dave always began their workday in the maintenance room, which apparently was in this thing they called the maintenance building. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Crazy. it was a special maintenance building. Uh, he said that Dave, as usual that day, unlocked his toolbox and left the lock with the keys in it on top of the box. Dave's assignment that day was to go repair some equipment in Plan 8 uh, in what was called the whistleblower meat hook room. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's true. I'm pretty sure yeah. that's not the name. I don't think it. I don't think so. <laughs> no, but, uh, he was assigned to Plan 8. I, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, I heard not specifically what he was supposed to do over there, but he was supposed to go do something. Uh, and I, and I, by the way, I tried to find a map of this whole complex because it's a huge place. Yeah. And I, I, I guess the government didn't publish maps of it, you know, surprisingly enough. Shock. I know. Aww. I was not able to find one on the web's anyway. Yeah, it was a government facility. So, Weird. Well, yeah. I mean, like, you probably can't find maps of, like, Bonneville Dam, for instance, can you? Probably not. I mean, you wouldn't, that's not the sort of thing you would want the general public to be able to snag mm-hmm. just no. in case. Yeah. You I know. just say, attention terrorists, sensitive yeah. pressure point yeah. right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is where you put the bomb. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well done. Uh, yeah, so no map. So I, where all these buildings are in relation to one another, I don't know. And, of course, the place is torn down. You can't even look at it on, look at it on Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gone. So we're just going to have to wing it on that one. But Dave left his toolbox in the maintenance room instead of taking it with him. I'm not sure why he did that, but apparently... He did that he on did. a regular basis. Apparently, yeah. So I, I, he must have just decided what tools he was going to need and yeah. taken them and Seems off Seems like, went. I mean, he'd worked there for a while, hadn't he? Yeah, he'd worked there for since 81, so yeah. about three years. So he probably by that point know, you know, if somebody says, okay, you got to go fix this certain type of pipe, he says, all right, I need these five different tools and, mm, you know... Off I go, yeah. Why also carries, probably yeah. hourly, yeah. so like, oh no, if he has to walk back for if something... If you've ever... I mean, yeah, it's a government job. So yeah. who cares if you have to walk back and forth five times? You're yeah. still getting paid the same uh-huh. rather than lugging that heavy box. But, Joe, I thought he had worked there longer than that. I thought he had started there, like, more than a decade prior to I, his disappearance. Uh, I don't know. I could be wrong. I heard that he started in 1981, but hey. 
Okay. I really, uh, I thought that he had been working there since the early to mid seventies. Maybe he started in his position as a pipe fitter in eighty one, mm. but he was doing something else. Maybe that's it. He started out like as a typist or something like that. Well, then, you know, yeah. like a general maintenance handyman or something. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, Maybe, I, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. okay. I just, that's I swore a, yeah. he'd been there for much longer. Like I felt like he had had a lot of career time there. Mm. Ah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what does what does matter is that uh, this particular night was his the last night of his career there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then uh, okay, what was I was? Oh yeah, I was talking about his toolbox. Uh, it was the toolbox was there a few days later after Dave disappeared. Uh, he left his toolbox, went up to Plan Eight to fix the radioactive snitch rectifier, <laughs> which uh, was reportedly making an odd sound. Did it? And his his toolbox was missing some tools, though, right? As uh, you would expect. Nobody has said that, that oh. I can find whether what tools were gone, what tools were not gone. Okay. But the okay. toolbox was there, and with a lock on top of it. Apparently, Dave trusted his coworkers. Yeah. I guess they must have all had a good relationship. Or it was company tools. Yeah, and maybe he didn't care. Good point. Which too. is the weird. I, that is weird, though. Why would you leave your keys instead of carrying them around? Well, that's the thing is, you know, he gets the, he gets the toolbox out, and it's got a padlock on it. So, obviously, he doesn't trust people to not steal from it, and then he opens well, it Well, he up. doesn't trust the day people. To Maybe that's, that's what it you. is. I just had that thought. I was it like, must... oh, no, he trusts the maintenance people, nobody yeah. else. That, yeah. that must be what it is, yeah. yeah. but uh, so They're he... probably throwing his tools in the in the, the oil vats or, or the, the acid vats or something. I think it was funny. <laughs> yeah, that could Look at it, sizzle! Yeah, and people are, like, planting drugs in there, planting crack. But, uh, so, that night, uh, according to... Unsolved Mysteries, an unnamed co-worker of Dave's. So, and we never do get a chance to find out who this person was. Unnamed. He was unnamed. Uh, he said that he saw Dave in a pickup truck with his supervisor having a heated discussion about something, but the windows of the truck were rolled up so the co-worker could not hear what was being discussed. By the way, this struck the co-worker as odd, the windows being up, because it was a warm night. So I, I have a uh, uh, one. I'm always disturbed when we have a single source for something like that, especially uh-huh. when it comes from unsolved mysteries. But I had heard it as not a heated but a serious conversation. That's another way, but I've I've heard it actually characterized as an argument. Well, I was going to say there's there's a couple of different. Well, if you look at it, I was thinking about it. If it's a serious conversation, it could be a very serious quiet tone or it could be serious as in one person like try it's serious they're not trying not to cry or something but the whole the whole the windows were up what i want to know was the vehicle turned on because it might have had the ac going well that's what i was wondering too so the windows being rolled up might have been totally normal then again it's a government vehicle so it probably didn't have ac because they always bought the cheapest jalopies possible yeah actually it it was 84 i bet government vehicles all have ac now oh uh, standard Yeah. yeah But maybe not back in those days. No, I uh, remember my dad being in government vehicles, you know, regular civilian cars and trucks, yeah. and they were always the lowest model. It's kind of like you've been a, a, in a force service truck before, yeah. haven't you, Joe? Yeah, I think so. They yeah. they have nothing in them. Yeah, they, it, whatever comes bare bones standard is what they get. Mm, so yeah, that, it, yeah, but then it's a supervisor vehicle, so maybe he maybe he qualified, he qualified for, for the a, fancy AC. Stuff. Yeah, he could have. Uh, yeah, uh, but anyway, again, this is coming to us courtesy of some unnamed anonymous person too. So who who the hell knows? Uh, 
And apparently the same person around 5 a.m. spotted Dave again, and Dave was headed towards Plant 4, uh, which also struck this coworker as odd since Dave's job assignment, of course, was in Plant 8. And we, oh, do, oh, we, no. we don't have any records that say that he finished the job in Plant 8 and may have been sent to 4 to deal with something else? Well, that's entirely possible. Also, in Plant 4, there was supposed to be a, uh, a, like a safety meeting around 7 a.m., mm-hmm. uh, so I was thinking maybe he was headed there early to get a good seat. Or to yeah. take a nap. Yeah, he really, could have been yeah. take a nap or screw around. Eat his or, lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? And, and I don't know what's in the direction of plant four. Maybe plant three, plant five, uh, something else. Maybe I mean, plant eight. Maybe a bathroom. Maybe it's, you I know, mean, they're yeah. parallel. So it's one, two, three, four, five, mm-hmm. six, seven, eight. And then mm-hmm. they're just right next to each other. Yeah, I, I am not knowing. Doesn't yeah. matter. Anyway. But, yeah. So, uh, and anyway, that was, that was, he was, this was the last person who saw Dave alive. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly, at least. Well, the separate. last person who's come forward. Yeah. Who's admitted to seeing him alive. Dave did not make it to the safety meeting, of course. Uh, maybe that's not why he was headed towards plant four. Maybe, like we said, maybe he was headed towards plant five. Mm-hmm. Plant three and a half. I don't know. Harry Easterling said that at the end of the shift, he noticed that Dave's toolbox was still sitting there with the keys on it, but no Dave. Harry looked for Dave for a little bit, uh, eventually left a message with the security guard to give to Dave, saying that he was going home, saying that he would meet him again at the usual spot tomorrow. Yeah, Harry thought um, he was just figured he'd pick up more work for the Maybe night. Maybe doing some overtime or something like that, yeah. Although, God, it seems like, how, do you either of you remember what he said their commute time was from the restaurant to the mm-hmm. plant? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm assuming it was somewhat substantial. I mean, otherwise, why bother carpooling? Well, and that's exactly my thing. But it also couldn't have been more than an hour, because if they started at midnight and met at 11. But a 30-minute drive is a long way to have to hoof it on foot if he decides to work a couple of hours. Like, you would think that... I understand why Harry called and said, hey, tell him I left so he could, you know, cajole somebody into giving him a ride to his vehicle. I assume that's what happened is somebody gave him, would have given him a ride. Somebody yeah. didn't give him a ride. And this is in him. the days, of course, before we had text messaging, although intercompany phones are a thing. And so you would imagine that he would have called the switchboard and figured out where the hell he was so he could track... Dave, that is. Mm-hmm. If Dave was working overtime, could have figured yeah. out where Harry was and called Harry and told him, but Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Who I, knows? Reportedly, yeah. Dave had a walkie-talkie on him, so I would assume they all oh, yeah. had walkie-talkies. And, that, that's so, the equivalent of inner-office phones. Yeah, so I don't know if Harry tried to raise him on the walkie-talkie. I assume he would have, but uh, and got no reply back because, well, I don't know. Something happened to Dave. So Dave doesn't go yeah. home with... Harry. He does not, but Harry, the next night, goes to meet Dave in the usual place in the restaurant parking lot, sees Dave's car parked there, and assumed that Dave Dave was not in the car, assumed that he might be in the restaurant getting some food or something, but Dave... Apparently he to, did that. Yeah, occasionally, but Dave, as it turns out, was not in the restaurant either. So Harry goes to work, uh, looks for Dave, Dave's not there, and so he reported him missing, and they began a search of the premises, which, as you can imagine, would have taken a while, because it's a big, big place. And isn't and, this where Harry said he, he got, to the, got to the maintenance building and saw Dave's lock and, uh, and everything sitting there, his toolbox was still wide yeah. open from the night before, or mm. presumably from the night before? Yeah, toolbox still sitting there with the keys on it, or in it. So they started a search, and sometime in the morning of the 20th, that's June 20th, uh, somebody in Plant 6 noticed that one of the furnaces in the building, there there were several different types, uh, one, but one of them had suddenly dropped 28 degrees in temperature at 5.15 a.m. on June 19th. Plant 6? 
In Plant 6. Yeah, so in Plant 6, there were three types of furnaces that I've been able to find out about, and they operated at temperatures between about 1,150 degrees Fahrenheit and about 1,365 degrees Fahrenheit. Do we know what that is? Kind of hot. Celsius. Celsius. Really uh, hot. It's hot. Yeah, it's really smoking hot. It's like okay. 99 degrees Celsius. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I don't know, but it's super hot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hot enough to I think make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. At least. Briefly until you died. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the furnace in question, uh, at least as far as I can tell, was called the automated ingot preheat furnace, which uh, contained a bath of molten salt, which is kept at a temperature of around 1,200 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, and this was used for heating and softening uranium ingots, which were then squished into a round, a rounder, more rod-shaped form. It's something called a blooming press, mm-hmm. like a blooming machine. Wait, I, okay, now, is it actually, I saw this in your stuff before, and I was confused a little bit here, Joe, because it's not actually salt. They called it green salt. Yeah. But it wasn't actually actually salt. Table salt, but it's, it's, it's. Some sort it's, of it's yeah. meta- I mean it's metals and um okay oh there is some salts in it but it's I guess I that's what I want to yeah. make sure people yeah. don't think that it's the white stuff that you pour on not, your meat oh, and sure potatoes not quite the same now and, and, and by the way sodium is metal have you ever seen pure sodium Uh it's been a while yeah it's just it's metal I mean yeah so that's salty you're eating that's metal man that's okay <laughs> though you need your body needs minerals so it's not a problem just not the heavy kind yeah no uh. These furnaces took days to heat up and cool down, uh, so they were left on all the time, even, of course, overnight when the production oh, yeah. lines were all shut down and, right. and all the ratings workers were out there. That's not uncommon you. in production facilities. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so on uh, the morning of June 20th, one of the operators of the furnace noticed a sticky residue on it. Okay. Again, again, this is uh, somewhat apocryphal. I'm not totally sure. I was going to say, if it is a skin on the top of this liquid, hot molten liquid material, I think the term sticky is inappropriately yeah. applied well, because I, everything gonna, is gooey hot. Yeah, are you going to be sticking your finger down there to like figure that? But I think he was noticing it was on like the casing of it, like kind of on the outside and on the inside. Mm. And so I, okay. I'm not really sure where this one comes from because I, I, besides reading... I read uh, some newspaper accounts, and also there, there was a court case involving this mm-hmm. and stuff. And I didn't see anything about uh, a sticky substance or anything like that. But, but again, this is this is true. again from unsolved mysteries. Yeah, yeah. So again, I, I question where <laughs> that's real or not. Uh, yeah, again, this is not one of those persons too who is unnamed. You know, they don't. They only. They only have actually two people there who actually are named. Mm. Who Dave and um, Dave and Dave's daughter and Harry. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other ones who actually go on camera and are named. Well, Dave doesn't go on camera. Yeah, Dave, no, Dave's not. The actor does. does, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there is a Dave in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's but a real good Dave. Point. Yeah. Different guy. Yeah. Uh, but one thing we do know about Unsolved Mysteries or not is they, they did indeed shut that furnace off so they can look inside mm-hmm. and see if there were any clues in there about the missing Dave because they hadn't found him anywhere else. But it took three days, of course, for the furnace to cool down enough to where they could stick their hands in there and feel around. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, they still didn't do that, but maybe. Yeah. Uh, when they finally got around to poking around in the furnace, uh, they did find stuff that shouldn't have been there. Uh, there was uh, a set of keys, uh, yeah. a steel toe from a work boot, part of an eyeglass frame, and Dave, of course, did wear glasses, pieces of a walkie-talkie, and a piece of stainless steel wire that had been looped together in three circles. Um, do we know the size of that? No, no. 
Am I the only one that's amazed that they find these things in a molten furnace that was operating for at least a day? You would I think thought that. it was suspicious that they found that ring under Clarence Roberts. And that was just a fire and some gold. This is incredible to me. Uh Well, actually, I checked out, uh, because I was thinking, too, like they found the keys, for example, and the keys were not totally undamaged, but uh, I would have expected them to just be a little blob. Totally molted. Well, it turns out like the the melting point of brass, which is what most keys are made of, is actually well above 1,200 degrees. Oh. Yeah, Fahrenheit. So uh, This is like that um, Breaking Bad. When he's like, oh, I'm just going to stick all of this certain kind of thing in the tub because that's going to be stronger than the plastic that Mr. White told you. Did you not see? I saw Breaking Bad. I don't remember that particular one. When he's trying to decompose the bodies. Oh. Oh, yeah. And he has the acid. And he's like, I'm just going to stick it in the tub. Yeah, it's like that, right? Uh You just logically in your brain, you're like, well, yeah, it's hot. So it melts metal. That's Mm -hmm. cool. But apparently not. Oh, it does, just not, well, not yeah, it's just stuff. not quite hot enough to do it. So The human the, bone, though, that, that... Well, that actually, also, the human bone does not disintegrate either. It's, it's like, it's, it, it would be cooked enough to where it would be extremely brittle and where it would, it would break up in a, in a, you know, fragment very easily. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't actually, if you were to, like, heat a human skeleton to that temperature, it would stay intact. Huh. I mean, you could crush it very, very easily, but it would stay intact. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. That's why crematoriums pulverize bones once they come out of the fire. Never uh-huh. mind. Sorry. You're welcome, everyone. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> totally, totally just forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, I, and we don't know anything about the steel wire. No, no, no. Not that. And, okay. and it was uh, in terms of size, the loops uh, were, I think, about three to four inches across. And there were, it was like one piece of wire, but looped in three loops. Weird. Mysterious. Kind of yeah. like a clover leaf shape. Kind of like that, kind of like a three-leaf clover. Huh. Okay. Uh, uh, there, oh, did I mention there were fragments of human bone found in there too? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why we were talking about the human bone. Yeah. And the cremators. Yeah. yeah. Pulverizing okay. your bones. Yeah. <laughs> There's so, some guy with a ball peen hammer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they do that. They just have. They just take it out to the parking lot and. No, they don't. That's it. Yeah. No, they actually you think have. They would. It's kind of messy. So, no, they yeah. have something equivalent to the 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 ninja bullet juice that you have in your home on a uh-huh. much bigger scale that they shove those big chunks into to, oh, to break them up. You would okay. think they would just do two big plates. That would work. Crush, crush, yeah. Crush. yeah. So, okay, sorry. So we're, Actually, yeah, you could take them to the We're dump. a little off track here. Oh, yeah, so, we are totally off the track. Uh, yeah, did, okay. did the cops get called at this point? Oh, of course, yeah, the police were called. The police yeah. weren't called before they cooled it down, though. Uh, I think they were called actually right away. Okay. So, but, but of course, right, there, cool. wasn't, uh, there wasn't much they could do. When Harry got to work the next day and didn't find Sally. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if they called him right away. They might have actually just had a company-only search around that, around, and then eventually when they couldn't find him and they discovered there was a possibility that somebody had died in a mishap, then they called the police. That's smart, I guess. Yeah. And a local deputy sheriff, uh, his name was Victor Corelli, said that of the keys that were found, one of them was to Dave's car. Another one they believe was to his house, uh, but they couldn't tell for sure because it was bent and, and damaged, and so they couldn't really confirm that. Uh, and apparently three other ones went to padlocks, and that's about all they know about the keys. And the, the keys caused a little bit of consternation for Harry Easterling because mm, he'd yeah, seen these keys. Yeah, a little odd, don't you think? Because we just heard that he saw the the padlock unlocked on top of... Yeah, with the keys in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so, and so that he'd seen them uh, on the morning of the 19th. Two hours after 5.15 when the temperature dropped in the furnace, Harry had seen them. 
on the toolbox. And then, like, when the he next day, clocked out. Yeah, and then the next day when he comes back to work, they're still there sitting on the toolbox. And yet, but, three days later, they're found in the furnace. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. which is a little strange. That is a little strange. Yeah, I think so. I agree. Yeah. Uh, at this point, so what the authorities knew that was that Dave Box was missing. They also knew there was evidence that somebody had wound up in a furnace in Plant 6. Something had ended up. They didn't know at that point. Is this yeah. the initial or after they'd cooled the thing off? This is like after they cooled it off. Okay. And after they cooled it off and pulled stuff out of it. Okay. Yeah. Got it, and got it. I thought it. you were saying when they initially showed up. Yeah. It was, but there was evidence that there was somebody in that furnace. Uh, beyond that, they really didn't know much. So the local coroner's office wouldn't sign a death certificate because there was a lack of evidence that David died. The sheriff's department was treating it essentially as a missing person case, and they mm-hmm. kept the file open. Uh, but everybody kind of believed that Dave had died in the furnace in Plant 6. question was, well, how and why? Was it an accident? Did Dave commit suicide? Or was he perhaps murdered? Mm. Yeah. Members of Dave's family have said they're sure it was not suicide. Of course, they often do. Um, but his daughter said that Dave had bought groceries for the week. He paid all his bills. He was planning a vacation with his kids. Casey, but, that's her name, right? Yeah, Casey, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, on the other hand, Dave apparently there did have some issues. Apparently, around the time of his divorce, he did attempt suicide, and I'm not sh- I'm not sure how serious an attempt we're talking about here, but apparently, I was going to ask that well, if yeah. there's any record of you know did he shoot a gun and barely miss himself, or did mm-hmm. he do the cry for attention? Yeah, take attempt. some pills. Take the, take some pills and call or badly scratch himself with yeah. a with a safety razor on the wrist. Kind yeah. of you know there's there's a whole there's a full spectrum. A, yeah. Not that I'm belittling the act of trying to take your life, but there is a spectrum, and we don't know where he falls in that. Yeah, some people are a little more hardcore about it, a little more determined to get the job done. Um, but I don't know. Uh, and that, but as for the murder theory, and, and the family does think that it was probably murder. Uh, there's no one really with any motive. Dave was a nice guy, apparently had no enemies. Uh, except, of course, as I mentioned previously, the Fernald plant did have some issues with environmental quality. And so Dave's family has suggested that perhaps he was going to talk to somebody, perhaps the press, mm. uh, about the situation and maybe be a whistleblower. And so... They're thinking Dave was murdered to shut him up. Interesting. And so, so we have essentially three theories. I'm going to throw a fourth one in there, too, later on. But uh, some fun ones. Uh, well, not really fun, no. but, you know. Uh, well, That's a start. weird application yeah. of the word, but yeah, I'll accept I it because so. we do it all the time. All yeah. right. It's morbid, but, yeah. Uh, Morbidly fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, our first theory is it was an accident. Dave fell into that furnace. I, I think personally this is kind of unlikely, but uh, you know it is considered to be a possibility. Can I can I ask a question before we get too far into the theories? Yeah. Okay, I'll pull my hand down. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our theories are saying that it's Dave's remains or whatever was pulled Most, out of that furnace was Dave. Most of our theories are saying that. Yeah. Most. Okay. Yeah. Most. Okay. So what we're talking about until you say otherwise is the remains that, or the things that were pulled out of the furnace were Dave. Yeah. It was okay. Dave. Dave. I just want Dave to clarify was in the furnace. That. Yeah. So yeah. His keys were there. It's, yeah. His keys were there. Oh, and, and parts of the remains of his work boots were apparently there and his Maybe. glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or somebody's. All right, so as far as the accident one goes, uh, nobody, as far as I know, had actually fallen into one of these furnaces before. And I, I tried to find on the web exactly what the make and model of the furnace was and so I could see a picture of it or at least a drawing, diagram, something. Mm-hmm. Had no luck. Uh, 
The most specific information I could find was in a court document that referred to it as a, quote, Nusal VAT, that's N-U-S-A-L, VAT, unquote. Um, and I looked for, I searched on the web for that and couldn't, got zip. Have so you, that's about it. Have you ever looked at uh, the imagery from uh, steel refineries? Yeah. So they they tend to either be a long, hot trough. Uh-huh. Or they're more of drum is not the word, but it's a giant bucket of hot liquid uh-huh. so that it can then be moved and poured into a form. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two shapes that I've ever seen. I mean, I, and again, I'm ignoring whatever was on Unsolved Mysteries because it uh, really looked like what they had was made out of storage containers. I whatever they had in that in that video sure looked nothing like our yeah, furnace. But, I did but, find I did find a picture of a top loading similar kind of furnace on mm-hmm. the web, an old picture and an old manual. Okay. And it looked nothing like what they had on there. Right, but was all. it like a, a big square hot uh, oh, Hit of turn of some kind sort. of, but it had it had like a bunch of apparatus around the top because a lot of these were top loading furnaces, and um, you'd and pour so, the the unheated material into in the case, opening at the top. Yeah, but in this case, they would put uh, they would put ingots in there and they would pull ingots out. Nothing got poured really because they would pull them out and they hadn't melted. They and they would they could just shape them. I think they softened them enough to, that they were easier to shape. So it'd be more huh. like the yeah. kind of ovens they use for um, like glass blowing or stuff, something mm-hmm. like that maybe. Yeah, and so as far as I know, they were top loading, but I don't know 100% for sure. They could have been yeah. they could have been front loading. But one would presume that there was some sort of guardrail or really? something to I, I, keep at I'm least the people a, a, who are putting no. those things in. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, was, I was thinking maybe a velvet rope. I love it. Stay yeah. on the side. Velvet yeah. rope. I think so. I, I think a velvet rope. Yeah, yeah, they had a velvet rope around it with a little sign. Because <laughs> yeah. that's safe. Yeah. Um, it keeps me safe at the movie theater. It keeps the tourists out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or wait, what are the one, but what are the, the little zippy ones they use at the airport? Oh, yeah, yeah. For the things. TSA lines? Because mm-hmm. nobody gets through those. We call exactly. those stanchions. Stanchions, that works, yeah. Uh, Dave, I think, was a pretty safety-oriented guy, though, and I, I'm sure they had something more serious than that to keep people from wandering Surely. over and just stumbling in. Yeah. yeah. And I, let's face it, you know, you don't need to have a lot of brains to, to not be falling into a you know, 1,200-degree molten salt furnace. Yeah. There's right? no horseplay on <laughs> yeah, the edge I mean, of the pool. No. And you can tell. You, you can no just, running. It's not like you could sort of accidentally back up and fall in either. You're going to feel that heat, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to be feeling it. And so... Um, I think even an amoeba would have been smart enough to not fall I into agree. the furnace. Yeah. So I grew up in an area in Southern Oregon and there was, uh, I think it was, oh, I can't remember the name of the place, but they, they dealt with nickel. And so they were heating nickel and doing all of these things. And unless you were just in the general vicinity, you were okay. But when you had to be around any of the burners or the the the, hev- the super hot, like these kind of thousand plus degree areas, uh-huh. you were required to put on one of those nice, fancy, shiny metal reflective heat suits. I would think so, yeah. So I can't imagine that they would just let the maintenance guy just walk up and, you know, start messing around with something. Well, plus- he would have to be appropriately attired. But yeah. he also wasn't even supposed to be in, in plant, plant six. six. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was supposed to be in 
in plant eight and then later on in plant four, four. but yeah so what was he doing maybe he was just wandering by saw a door ajar thought huh i'll go check it see what's going on there yeah yeah and then he went in that and, seems wrong yeah. i don't like this theory i yeah I, I i find it kind of hard to believe that this was an accident i really do uh so i gotta give this one a fail Agreed. Are you like that, Steve? Well, I don't know. You know, people take Epsom salt baths, and they say it makes yeah. them feel better. So he was like, it was a salt bath. So yeah. No, I, Maybe I really think this is a terrible theory. Yeah, my feet feel crappy. I'm going to go stick my feet in there. <laughs> <laughs> whoops. Ah! Uh, whoops. Yeah. Okay, our next theory. Uh, now they call me Stumpy. Yeah. I, uh, uh, so our next theory is suicide. I almost said suicide, <laughs> but no, suicide. Apparently, as I mentioned before, Dave had had some issues with depression. Uh, and of course, as we said, he attempted suicide, not uh, just a few years previously during his divorce. And so throwing yourself into a molten salt vat would definitely solve your problem if you wanted to kill yourself. It I would mean, be a pretty horrible way to go, though. It would be pretty awful. I um, mean, we all saw Terminator. We yeah. saw how long it took Arnold. Yeah, yeah, but he was a Terminator. I think a human being, it would be like a little quicker. Hopefully. Uh, I would think so as well, but yeah, it would still be. not fun no, for the no. little bit of time that it Oh, didn't. good lord, yeah. I couldn't imagine that. Not that there's a good be... way to kill yourself, but that is not the good way to kill yourself. Yeah, no. It, well, you never know. It might be super quick. It might be that your nerve endings are shocked and they just stop working and that you go into, you go into shock right away. Uh, I know, hope. If, if it were not 1984, we could look at Dave's computer and see if he did web searches on topics like, quote, how long does it take to, to die if you throw yourself <laughs> in the wolf and salt? That would definitely settle yeah, the question. Yeah, that would help a lot, but we yeah. can't do that. No web searches available. And I don't know, I, there's no record that he asked anybody. Say, so say, if you fell into that, how long do you think it would take you to die? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I, I would think it would be over really quickly, but I still would rather just shoot myself personally. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think I a would. whole bunch of other ways. But on the other hand, uh, I've seen cases where people have picked even more hideous ways to kill themselves than this. I mean, people like soak themselves in gasoline and light themselves yeah. on fire. And who's that guy who, you know, has tied the, the rope around his neck and then accelerated the car? That was definitely, oh, yeah, the Corvette. Oh, oh, definitely yeah. killed himself that way. So That'll do it. But yeah, yeah, that was uh, Britain. Yeah. It was yeah. Britain, yes. Yeah, so there's uh, there's worse ways, I guess, but it just it doesn't sound quite right to me. Uh, and on the other side of things, uh, uh, people have noticed that Dave had just bought a new lunchbox. So I mean, you know, if you're gonna kill yourself, if that's you're a gonna... sign of stability. What isn't? I know exactly. Really? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, he was planning for the future if he bought a new lunchbox, right? We did. Uh, we did actually get this feedback a little bit when we did the Morgate tube crash, though, because uh-huh. we talked about evidence of him having, you know, cash for a new car in his pocket. Yeah, he was going to go get something for his daughter. Yeah, and and there were a lot of people who kind of came out and said, you know, in, you know, in their understanding of people who commit suicide, oftentimes it's not like you wake up and say, yep, today's the day I'm going to kill myself. Uh It just... I mean, spur you just, of the moment. You just are like, oh yeah, that here we go. Uh, yeah, um, maybe you sort of been toying with the idea for a while, and it's one day for one reason or another, right. everything just kind of gels. You say, okay, now's the time. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Could maybe be. something bad had happened with his supervisor, and he thought he was going to yeah. lose his job, and thought, well, I'll just. Jump into that pool instead of... It could be. There were, this. I mean, yeah. you know, just by providence of planning for the future doesn't necessarily mean that he wasn't planning on committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's good But point. I also agree. I don't think that he did, but hey. Yeah, well, I mean, who knows? Uh, yeah, there, there was some other stuff. His daughter, of course, said they were planning a vacation at some point. He'd paid all his bills and bought all the groceries and stuff. And uh, that, Yeah, again, as we said, it doesn't really mean much. I mean, if you could look at somebody as... as buying groceries for the family and paying all the bills is sort of cleaning up all the loose ends. Yeah. You know, before he kills himself. Easily, yeah. Yeah. 
planning a vacation doesn't really mean much. I mean, that's that could I don't know if that means serious planning or if you're just sort of vague, vaguely talking about going to Disneyland or something. You know, yeah. just, we all talk about stuff like that. I mean, sometime you, in the future conversations. Hell, we've been planning on a European trip to solve mysteries in Europe for how long now? Four years. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Still yeah. not happening. <laughs> yeah, still yeah. yeah, no closer to actually. I mean, still happening. hasn't happened. No, not likely. It might happen. Who knows? As as no, because you're going to try and kill me. As soon as somebody steps up and pays it. Okay, pays for it. Yeah. Uh, there would be one reason to do it, I can think of. You know, I would rather, again, go out in the woods with a shotgun and take care of business. But on the other hand, there would be opportunities at the plant at Fernald. Uh, lots of opportunities. And plus, if Dave had made it look like an accident, then he would leave his family a really nice opening for a lawsuit. True. So and and workers comp and all kinds of stuff. But at the same time, Dave doesn't seem to have gone out of his way to make it look like an accident. You know, I mean, uh, why I know we've said this before. Why go into that furnace? That place was known to be full of very corrosive acids yeah. to the point that they had a. Um, what is I suddenly cannot think of the name of the guy who replaces soles on shoes. Cobbler. Thank yeah. you. They had somebody on site who fixed shoes for the employees because there was so much acid on the ground. It ate through sh their work boots at an obscene rate. Uh -huh. So they did this for people like Okay, why why did he do that versus going and finding one of the giant vats of acid well, and uh, jumping into that thing? In fairness, though, if you jumped into a vat of corrosive acid, it's unlikely that any part of you will be found, right? Mm, that's true. Versus if he knew the science of this thing, although more of his bones should have been found if it was his entire skeleton. Well, here's the deal, though, is that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm going on a limb here, I don't know the exact compound that they use of salt, but okay, as we all know, salt at room temperature is solid, and it might well be by the time they cooled it down enough to where they could actually get into it and search it, it might have solidified. Yeah, that's true. And so maybe they had to sort of chip through everything. And, yeah, that's fair. And, and they the broke process. things up without, or didn't break things up enough to find the smaller fragments, maybe. Yeah, they might not yeah. have considered it worthwhile. Once they had some bones, that, that might have been enough. No, they didn't feel yeah. like they needed to like chip through the entire thing and try to extract every single bone, which, by the way, they weren't going to do without breaking them all up anyway, because mm -hmm. by the time they've been heated that much, they're going to be pretty fragile. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. so I but I guess to your point of, you know, finding the super corrosive acid, like if you want it to look like a, an accident, you still have to leave some evidence got, of yeah. the accident. Yeah, right? but you still you still think he would have like, you know, put like a say a banana peel on the top of the thing. Or something. Yeah, right? something to make well, it look but like I mean, it was okay, an accident. but but in in looking forward at the next theory, if what we're going to talk about after we finish this up was what happened, then why did they throw him in something that would leave materials rather than throwing him in something that would completely destroy it? No, we'll talk about it when we get to that theory, there, though, but yeah. I just want to bring that up now so that we don't forget to talk about it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and um, I, yeah, I don't know, but, but back to the suicide thing, uh, if, if it was going to make it look like suicide versus an accident, well, you think he would have taken off his hard hat and his glasses at least. What? Yeah, or maybe not, but you know, well, well, I not mean, a requirement. If, you, if you're going to commit suicide, yeah, you don't give a rip. Yeah. I don't care that I'm wearing all my work gear. I'm just going to take it's the gonna plunge. Just go plunge. Yeah, maybe. And if it's going to be an accident, if you're going to stage an accident, no investigator says, "Oh, weird. He took off his gloves and his hat and his glasses and then stumbled in." Like that. Mm -hmm. That that series of events wouldn't make sense to me. 
Yeah. I would agree with it that. It would make more yeah. sense that he had an accident and fell in with all of his gear. But he should have done something. He should have left a, like a rope or a piece of cable right there for him, for him to trip over or something. Or that, that, that this cardboard, the sign you see swinging on the end of the rope in the Looney Tunes the cartoons. Uh, yeah. He should have just unhitched yeah. the velvet rope a little yeah. bit so it looked like, you know, it looked like it had been over a little yeah. bit so it looked like somebody had stumbled over it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know about this one. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, about suicide, you mean? Yeah. yeah. No, this whole suicide it's theory. It's more just... plausible than an accident, but less it plausible is. than some others to me. Yeah, it is. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's it just seems like it's it's entirely. I mean, it's entirely plausible to me. But again, there's not really any evidence for it. But yeah. then again, okay, let's look at give that one a maybe and move on to our next theory, which of course is murder. Da da da. Uh, murder, everybody's favorite. So again, assuming that that was Dave's you know, remains that were found in there, not that there much was found, uh, the prevalent theory out there, of course, is that Dave was murdered by his coworkers or somebody at the company because he was a whistleblower. What was he blowing whistles on? Uh, on on, on a, either national lead uh, you know, or the plant itself. I mean, uh, because again, national lead was running it, but they didn't actually own it, so maybe right. he was... Ratting out national lead to the government, oh, or ratting okay. out. Joe, Joe, can you, yeah. for people who aren't familiar with the the term whistleblower, can you yeah. explain that for folks? Because not everybody yeah. knows that. Somebody who sees wrongdoing uh, at your company or or within the government, or whatever, and reports it to the authorities, or or maybe reports it to the press, that kind of thing. They're called mm-hmm. whistleblowers. Also, you know, one man's whistleblower, of course, is one man, and is another man's just plain leaker. Right. It just all depends. A lot of people people leak constantly. Julian Assange. Yeah, that kind of thing. When you when you leak, uh, you know, a lot of people leak for their own personal reasons, and then sometimes people will leak, and then when they get busted, they'll try to call themselves a whistleblower, like mm-hmm. that chick at the NSA who recently gave some documents to the press, and then she got busted for it, and uh, and then she tried to claim, oh no, I was a whistleblower. No, really not. Uh, isn't uh, is it Karen Silkwood? Isn't she considered? I mean, her death is mysterious, and that's a mm-hmm. whole other thing, and yeah. that's why the murder thing made me think of it. But isn't she considered a bit of a whistleblower? Yeah, I don't. I you know because she was in a nuclear reactor facility. She was in a, a nuclear facility. I don't. I don't remember. It's been so long since I read anything about that or saw the movie both, or anything. I can't is... remember if she actually ever actually did any actual whistleblowing, or if she just died. And well, so, she was supposed to. She was supposed to give statements. I remember that, but I yeah. can't remember if she would con- be considered a whistleblower. Okay, we know what a whistleblower is. Yes, I think I think we've yeah, probably beaten that one to death. Yeah, let's let's go back to the. But uh, we're in the right theory for that. But anyway, that was that was that is uh, the, one of the reigning theories out there. But the only problem I have with the whistleblower theory is that the cat was really out of the bag by 1984 when Dave died. Uh, National Lead had actually been telling the Atomic Energy Commission and then after that the Energy Department since at least 1958 <laughs> about miscellaneous contamination problems that they were having. In fact, they they kept going to the government and saying, hey, guys, this is uh, not a good situation. Like, For example, uh, there were some massive concrete tanks for radioactive waste. One of them, they discovered, had some big cracks in it, and it was leading le- leaking radioactive waste into the ground, the contaminating groundwater, and National Lead goes to, and again, the government says, hey, we've got a problem here. Your tanks are leaking. And the government says, okay, well, the cracks only go down so far, not all the way to the bottom, so don't fill the tank up any further than the height of the cracks. And that takes care of the problem. <laughs> and then so that's an example of this. Good science. Yeah. yeah. That's just one example of that. And so National, 
Yeah, uh, essentially national-led, they did their job. They did. You they know, did so their if, due diligence. Yeah, and so uh, as far as somebody from national-led murdering Dave, there's no excuse there. That national-led, uh, it was well-documented that they had done everything they could to keep the government abreast and everything. The government just said, hey, we don't care. And so there was really no liability on their part. I, I, I the, question that. I, I do question that that isn't blaming the boss on mm-hmm. National uh, national Lead. Is uh-huh. that who it was? Yeah. National, national Lead of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of feel like maybe they could have taken steps to fix things, but not wanting to foot the bill, just kept turning to the, the well, USG and saying, hey, guys. That was the thing, though. Essentially, the you know the government paid them a uh, you know a certain amount of money to do this, and there and and this was above and beyond really probably what they felt that was in their job description. They just said, "Dude, this needs to be fixed. Either come in well, and fix it or give us the, money." Would they know? have even had the authority to fix it? Uh, I'm sure if they I'm sure if they had actually said, "Hey, government, we're going to fix those cracks in that tank and on our own dime," the government would have said, "Okay." Yeah. yeah that's or right. or the government would have formed a blue ribbon commission and studied it for 10 years and then, yeah. you know, the environmental but, impact yeah. of So like there's this. the whole yeah. thing about the fact that they were leaking uranium dust into in the, the atmosphere in yeah, the area. Releasing, yeah. So the the you were talking about this before is they had big bags on in their ventilation system to capture all of that material. It's kind of like in your home uh, yeah. uh, ventilation system. You have those funny paper cardboardy things yeah. that stop the crud from going in. Yeah. It's a massive version of that. Yeah. Those things failed once a month. Like they, yeah, they were they supposed did. to last months and months and months and they always failed every month. Now, yeah. if you're doing this for 10, for 10, 20 years, don't you think that at some point somebody would say, um, we should find a new bag. Yeah. Well, like really yeah. this, this vacuum cleaner bag sucks. We yeah. should find a new the whole, bag. The whole system sucked. But then, yeah, I, I, and I don't know, again, that was reported by the way to, to, to the government. The government just said, hey, you know. But I think do. the whistleblower allegation, just to get back to what we were talking about, yeah. okay, they were reporting that to the government uh-huh. and the Department of Energy. It didn't really come out to the public mm-hmm. until 84, and that's when, as you put it, the cat really came out of the bag. Well, the thing about it is, is uh, yeah, well, that's when the public first became aware of it, but there were actually, there were, there were things that happened before that. Uh, as, as early as, like, 1961, there was a University of Cincinnati study that found groundwater contamination around the plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later on, a year later, the, the United States Geologic Survey confirmed this, and so it's not like it was carefully hidden within the, the bounds of just national lead and the Department of Energy. It's also the sixties and the seventies information transfer. It's a very slow process. Yeah. Unlike today, I mean, remember we're spoiled. Something happens, and we could technically all know about it the the very same, if not next day. Well, yeah. And of course, this was early sixties. The environment was not a, as hot button an issue then. Mm-hmm. But then. 20 years later, um, 1981, the Ohio EPA, that's Environmental Protection Agency, uh, they found radioactive contamination in the wells around Fernald. That was 1981. Mm-hmm. And uh, they also inspected Fernald and the plant itself in March 84. 
found lots of violations of hazardous waste laws. Again, that, and that was March 84. That was months before Dave disappeared. Mm-hmm. So we're, really what we're saying is that there was no need for a whistleblower. Uh, no, the, it was the whistle, whistle, whistle already, was blown. Yeah. It was blown. Yeah, so... It, it, it was blown up. Yeah. It didn't exist anymore. There was yeah. no whistle to blow. Not really. Yeah, and so that's why I, the whistleblower theory for me kind of falls flat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, also... Who would he have been talking to? Obviously, the whistle was blown as far as the government knowing about it, so he would have been talking to somebody with the press, right, to out the government, which was not... Which was obviously not Not, making it really well known what they already knew. Yeah, so if he was talking to a reporter, well, you think the reporter would would have come, whoever it was, would have come forward and confirmed this, and nobody has, of course. Or or maybe, on the other hand, maybe he went to the feds and just said, hey, there's all this stuff going on. He's not realizing National Lead had already been keeping them all apprised of all these issues anyway. So he contacts the Department of Energy and says, hey, you guys ought to know about what National Lead is doing at that plant, man. It's just crazy irresponsible. And the guy at the government says, uh, yeah, let me get your name and address and everything. And then he calls the hit squad, the federal, <laughs> the federal hit squad, and knocks him off. Well, I guess you know? the... But again, why would you do that when it's already the case that, you know, it's come out in public anyway? I mean, I I don't know. I don't really have a good sense of Dave's personality. I don't have the sense that he's this type of guy. But what if Dave was talking with other people about wanting to either, like, unionize or bring a class action lawsuit against? I mean, who knows mm-hmm. what kind of sickness and contamination the workers we're suffering from. Well, yeah. So there had was he some been of kind of talking about, hey, you know, I, my doctor says I'm inhaling a lot of uranium and that's super uh-huh. unhealthy for me and I'm at high risk and we should probably try to get a settlement from the government mm-hmm. and talk to the wrong person. I mean, that, you know, if he was the kind of main person championing a, that. Yeah, but again, a, yeah. I don't, he doesn't seem like the I kind of... He doesn't seem like a troublemaker, but I, I don't think he did that because, again, Harry Easterling, uh, his carpool buddy, yeah. didn't say Dave ever said anything about that yeah. to him. But well, Harry... I would stay quiet, too. Harry yeah. also... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Harry like, no, also... I don't know anything about also that. Also made a point of saying that... Dave seemed to know his stuff about what was going on in the in the plants. Yeah, he kept an eye on that stuff. Yeah, and yeah. and it was funny is that uh, when you read it, you'll say, "Well, Dave knew he would say, oh, if you're working around this thing, stay away from its high radiation. If you're this, this, that.' Well, but he maintained the stuff. So he like if it was something to say it was one of those uranium dust bags. Yeah, he totally knew it was because those things were always full because I'm nobody sure. because they were always breaking. Like yeah. he would have had just general observational knowledge. Well, and he could have been someone like me who um is a little bit of a worrier and likes to You don't worry about anything. I don't, you're right. But I mean, you know, somebody who likes to be a little more safety conscious and aware of their surroundings whereas other people you know you guys are good examples of this are a little more prone to be like let's just go do this thing and see how yeah. it works out and i'm like no 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 no. there's uranium in those pipes and you guys are like oh okay we'll stay uh, away okay from we'll that. put the black cat we'll fireworks in there you know I can't, I can't smell no radiation it's fine <laughs> yeah. i mean i think there are just people like that in the world who are a little more aware and uh, yeah, we said he was safety-minded, yeah. so he might have he was, been a little he more... He was. You know, he probably went out to... Kind of look out for his, his fellow worker. But again, probably, I don't yeah. think that necessarily he was 
actually champion some sort of... Nah, there's no... Nobody's reported that again. I don't think there was a good reason for him to have been murdered. Well, somebody... Yeah, no, not really. And also, if they they had murdered him, it it seems kind of self-defeating to to push him into a furnace at the plant. Yeah. Well, and uh, there's... Because that invites scrutiny. Well, the problem, of course, I mean, this, this story is a bit sensationalized because... We've got Unsolved Mysteries in the mix, which uh-huh. seems to have inserted some details. Stuff, yeah. But you've been looking at the court documents, and yeah. not all of that stuff is there. Yeah, well, that's that's it. I mean, if, if you look at the Unsolved Mysteries, they uh, they note that piece of stainless steel wire that was looped in three circles. Right. Mm-hmm. In their video, they imply that the wire had been looped around his ankles. And used to lower him in? Yeah, the third loop was used for a hook on a heist, and so they could raise his body up and then drop it into the furnace. Mm. Um, but the problem is, is uh, no press accounts or court documents mention the stainless steel wire. It's only in the Unsolved Mysteries. Suspicious. Uh, yeah. So uh, from the Cincinnati Enquirer, is able to find out the following things were found in the furnace: the keys to the keys to box, toolbox, uh, metal eyelets, and toe plates from a pair of boots, other metal bits, so melted and, and a boots. few toe, toe fragments. They weren't melted, but they they found them. Right, the boots the boots were gone. The metal was still there. Right, so melted yeah. eyelets from boots, right? Yeah, metal bits and bone fragments. Uh, there's nothing in there about loops of steel wire. And then there's the keys. If the keys were found in Dave's toolbox, but also in the furnace, this could mean somebody took the keys and planted them in the furnace. But on the other hand, it could also mean that Dave just had more than one set of keys. He could have had work keys and home keys. He could, yeah. Which I would mean, again make give more credence to the fact that he was totally comfortable just leaving his, you know, three work keys around instead uh-huh. of saying, yeah, he left his house key and his, you know, storage unit key and his car key. He just like left sitting in that room. He had his personal keys with him, so it yeah. didn't really matter as much if they got stolen. Yeah, it wouldn't, he would not be the first person that had more than one set of keys. No, um, sure. Yeah. But I have a hard time understanding why anybody would drop the keys if they murdered him, whether they would go back and drop the keys in the furnace after, because... Um, it's, it's like a well, ham-fisted attempt to prove that he was in there. To well, prove that Dave was in there, yeah. yeah. And so, that, and so that's, or it's a ham-fisted attempt at destroying the evidence. But again, I say, okay, if you're going to destroy evidence, you've got a whole... Why would you dump the evidence into the same you... vat as the body instead of the vat of acids that are oh, available? I mean that like he got murdered somewhere else and someone was trying to dump evidence in there. Oh. For whatever reason. And they happen to find why... one of the other bodies that they put into that thing? I don't know. Maybe... I don't know why they would find bone fragments necessarily. But, you yeah. know, I you could... I guess you could get to the point where you would be kind of a dummy... And be like us and be like, yeah, yeah, that's really, really hot and molten. So it's obviously going to melt everything versus the acid. Like, I don't know what it's going to do. So I'll just throw it in that molten stuff and it'll melt everything. Yeah, maybe they didn't realize. I mean, I, Or there's I, no way this plant will ever shut this thing down for long enough for anybody to pull anything out of it. So I'll, it's just going to well, be locked in there forever. Yeah, it might have been that whoever, whoever it was, if somebody did that, didn't realize that they were, they were actually keeping records of the temperature yeah. in the furnace, which kind of makes sense that they would. But it does. They didn't realize that it would sort of be a, this giveaway that they pushed his body in there. Yeah. But again, at the same time, if you're disposing of him and you totally want to get rid of the body, then it makes no sense to go back later and throw the keys in there. 
No. No sense at all. At all, no. And it's say if you don't really care if the body is found, but and the main reason to push it in there was just to eradicate you know, you know, the, the indications that you had, say, axe murdered him or bludgeoned him to death or strangled him, or just whatever evidence. No fingerprints or DNA are going to survive, right? Absolutely. So if, if, that was your, if that was your motive, then again, what purpose does it serve to drop the keys in there? Well, yeah, why wouldn't you just leave them where they are? Or why wouldn't you throw them, them in the garbage? Down a sewer drain on your way home. Maybe exactly. it was a ham-fisted attempt by the management to cover up what you know they thought was... Or a ham-fisted attempt mm. to prove that he did it willingly and said, well, I'll just toss the keys in where they found him, or they think he's at, because that idiot obviously got himself killed, and I don't know. Lots yeah. of ham-fisting in this. Yeah, I know. I, it makes no sense to me, I, but I, I can only conclude like, that... Rock'em, sock'em robots. Oh, God, those things. With uh, the ham. <laughs> But yeah, I can only conclude. Rock 'em, suck 'em, ham robots. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. We keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, anyway, I think he had two sets of keys. So I think he probably did. Yeah, too. I, don't, yeah. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so murder, maybe not. Yeah, probably. It, 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 you know, well, it doesn't mean he wasn't murdered. I, I'm just not seeing it. There's no physical evidence, but of course there isn't because, well, they shoved his body into the furnace. So yeah. Uh, actually, we keep calling it a ham-fisted cover-up, but actually, it was a pretty dang good cover-up. They did, they did pretty well. Whatever uh, happened to him? Whatever evidence might have been there is not it's there. Totally gone. Yeah, um, yeah. As far as motive, well, again, leaving aside the whistleblower thing, well, I can't see a motive there either, and there's no evidence of whistleblowing, so I don't know. Well, who knows? I, I mean, know. unless he's got dirt on somebody for something else. Well, yeah, there could have been something else. There could have been just one of the serial, one of the one of the security guards was just a serial killer. Or you the know, mob I mean, was involved somehow, and he was oh, going to yeah. spill Could've the beans been. on the mob. Yeah, I mean, you know, really, seriously, I mean, uh, if, if you want to think about murder, it could have been just a random serial killer kind of thing. You know, it could have. Could have been. It could have been just a general heat of the moment fight, uh, killing uh, 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 kind of thing. I didn't mean yeah. the heat of the moment. Nice pun, I know. Yeah. But, you know, somebody just losing their gourd and beating the holy hell out of him, going, oops, uh, he's not breathing. Well, I gotta get rid of better this. Better shove him in here. Better shove him into the furnace. It's the closest yeah. place. I don't want to be seen carrying him. Right. Yeah. He's heavy. Yeah. I'm, I'm lazy. Yeah. I'm gonna get rid of him. Well, also, I don't want to be seen carrying him. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, that's, are there any more theories? Thinking, yeah, one more, which is that uh, Dave was not in the furnace at all. Maybe Dave ran off to join the circus. <laughs> um, but uh, there were some parties that said that maybe he didn't die in that furnace. Among them, Allstate Life Insurance Company, uh, Credit Life Insurance Company, National Lead of Ohio, Inc., Workman's Compensation Bureau of Ohio. Uh, so they were all defendants in a suit that was brought by Dave Bach's family. They wanted him declared legally dead so they could collect benefits like Social Security, Workman's Comp, that Life Insurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, of course, as I said earlier, the, the coroner's office wasn't signing and issuing a signed death certificate or anything. There's no body. Yeah, no body, no evidence, No really. provable body. Yeah, and I don't even know bones like that that have been subjected to that amount there's of there's no dna left you're not even going to get dna i mean even if I, dna was available at that time there's yeah. no no usable dna it is I, so cooked yeah yeah i can't imagine it so how the hell do you tell for sure you don't i mean, I mean most people most people kind of believe it was dave but as far as proving it well you can't uh yeah i mean he literally could have gone to a graveyard and dug up a set of bones sure. and thrown them in with his glasses and a pair of his boots yeah. he could have thrown in his lucky rabbit foot for all we know 
Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure the bones were it, somewhat identifiable as human. I don't know. I mean, For rabbit bones really, are pretty really small. Know. I mean, have you ever seen a rabbit? They're yeah. small. I'm just saying. Uh, they have little bones. Okay, so I mean, you're small, but your bones are not bit. that small. A little bit of hyperbole. Okay, fine. Okay. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, fro- like, we don't know. We have no way of even probably realistically identifying if they were human or not because we don't have no DNA markers or anything I, like that. They, were called, they call them bone fragments, too. Yeah. I, I don't know how big the pieces were. Yeah, and so I... I assume that saying, human bones, if you look at them under a microscope, you know, I assume... I don't know you, once they're waste. that cooked, though. Yeah, I don't know for sure, but I Yeah, I maybe assume, you threw in a ham hock. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Ham-fisted ham hock. Yeah. <laughs> I but apparently according according to the courts and everything they seem to be satisfied that they were indeed human bones but uh, I don't know how they how they went about confirming that so did Dave leave town and start a new life somewhere um, I kind of doubt it this I is doubt possible it as well it's possible but it's I possible. don't I don't believe uh, it yeah I so, really as much as I would like to call this a cover up or a conspiracy. Mm. I hate to say it, but if that's truly his, his remains in that 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 smelting pot or whatever that thing was, mm-hmm. I think it was an accident. Well, industrial gonna, accidents gonna, happen a lot. Yeah, uh, I'm going to. And if the velvet it, uh, rope wasn't in place, he may have walked in. Well, I'm going to I'm going to rank them in order in order by likelihood, in my opinion, at least. My opinion is that the theories are number one, suicide. Number two, murder. Number three, accidents. And accident for me is number three on the list. And then last of all, uh, faked his own death is number four. Okay. So that's my that's that's where I'm at. And the reason I'm saying again, accident is he had no business in Plant Six. There was no reason for him to be that there. That we know of. Right. Uh, he had no business there. And frankly, accidentally falling into one of these furnaces strikes me as ludicrous. And really, I mean, really kind of kind of absurd. I, I just find suicide a lot easier to believe. Hmm. than accident myself. Devin, what do you think? Uh, I guess I... <sighs> I don't like any of the theories. Yeah. Um, I most believe, I think, accident. I don't believe uh. suicide. I don't want to believe murder. Because mm-hmm. uh, just like of of the horrors in this world, mm-hmm. going into a furnace alive... Well, it's we don't high up there. especially unintentionally. Actually, yeah. I if if he was murdered, I don't think they actually shoved him in alive because, or at least not conscious. Yeah. Because right, so, I mean, I'm not. Are you going to wrestle somebody into no, a furnace? No. I sure as hell wouldn't do yeah, that. Yeah. All right. So yeah. then I guess I like murder the most because it's probably the least painful for him. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. That's yeah. true. He was he was like bludgeoned, and then yeah. you know the furnace he went. Yeah. That's a good reason to like murder, and I got to admit, murder is number two on my list. Yeah. I, I, and and murder is entirely possible. It's just that we have no evidence, and that's why we I'm have going no. With, evidence I'm that's why I'm yeah. going with suicide, Steve. Rather than I, I already said mine. I, I I'm behind accident. All right. Okay. Well. All right. So uh, you guys out there probably have your favorite theories. So you're going to want to contact us and let the, let us know what they are. Uh, hint. I'm right. Uh, so you can send <laughs> us. Right. An email, uh, uh, we actually have email, believe it or not. Uh, it's uh, thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, weigh in today. What? Yeah, and we also have a website, uh, which is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com, where you can find our episodes, which you can download and listen to. Um, you can also find us on iTunes, where you can subscribe, you can rate us, review us. 
Uh, rate us high, review us well, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, and you can stream us all over the place, including Google Play, Stitcher, and God knows where else. You know. um, and, of course, we have social media, Facebook. You've heard of that, right? So we have a group. Join the group. Like the page. So don't join the page and like the group. No. No, yeah. join the group, like the page. Yep. Uh, Twitter, thinking sideways, drop the G, and we are on the Twitter. And we have a subreddit, thinking sideways. Uh, any action on that lately, Devin? Some. Some? Okay, there you go. Uh, and, of course, you can also support us by buying merchandise. So on our website, you'll find a link to Zazzle and Redbubble. Uh, where you get shirts, mugs, stickers, and God knows what else. All kinds of stuff. All kinds of good stuff. All of the things. Yeah, murder weapons. No. Well, I mean, a mug can be a murder weapon. It's not marketed as a murder weapon. No, it's not. It's a paperweight. But, we don't make murder yeah. weapons. Yeah. Uh, and so that's about it. Uh, so anyway, until next week, folks, uh, this is Thinking Sideways HQ signing off. Um, and like I said, send us an email. Tell us what you think. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week.